This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Raiders! Oakland, LA, Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever! You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders fan radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride! Here we go! What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again, 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 like for real again. Like we were just here doing all this last night. Uh, back once again for another what we hope to be fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Episode number 201 of Raiders Fan Radio. Sorry for a little bit of the late start. I was on the phone with Uncle Mosh, man, and uh, he's doing well. Wanted me to tell everybody hello, and uh, he's doing good, sends his best, and uh, of course wishes he could be here, and hopefully we'll get Uncle Mosh back here in a fan cave very, very soon. And so I uh, appreciate you all checking us out uh, tonight here for episode number 201 of, uh, of Raiders Fan Radio after we did a three-hour episode, episode number 200 last night. And oh my gosh, that was so much damn fun. Y'all, that was, a, that was an absolute blast. I mean, other than the fact that Mosh and QB Jeff couldn't be here, that was so dang fun, man. The, the chat was on, fa- on fire last night. So fun. My, my stomach hurts from laughing all night long and my face hurts from smiling all night long. So thank you so much for everybody that jumped in and 
and hung out with us last night. Uh, so, hey, speaking of QB Jeff, there he is in the chat room. Uh, also with a, a bunch of our good friends in Raider Nation. Uh, Kill Jadis is in there, the Big Easy. Kevin the Raider Nerd, Lee B, Michelle Sweat. When the Universe Speaks, that's our buddy Mojo. Uh, appreciate everybody. Lencho is in there. Uh, Freddie B is in there. I appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, Tyrone Graves is in there. Thank you so much for everybody joining uh, joining me. This is a podcast selfie uh, tonight for Raiders Fan Radio. All right, so I decided kind of last night when I was finishing off putting the show together that um, I'd go live again tonight. You guys know we don't typically go like back-to-back shows like this. But, man, we really didn't talk about the Raiders last night. And we may joke about that, about not, hey, what's up, Simone Raider? Good to see you, buddy. Um, we really do joke about that. That like people comment all the time. When are you going to talk about the Raiders? And last night we told you, we're not going to talk about the Raiders, even though some people in the, or not some people, there's one in particular in the YouTube comments. After we said like five times, we weren't going to talk about the Raiders. He still said, Hey, you guys will talk about the Raiders. So anyways, because of all that, I thought, all right, we better come back and talk about the damn Raiders. Cause that's what this thing is all about. Right? So this is going to be all Raiders, the whole show. No self-celebration, no, you know, milestones, no nothing, nothing. We're just going to, other than a respect segment that's not quite on the nose, a Raiders story, everything else is going to be about the Raiders. So mainly what I want to talk about is I want to get into the draft. Uh, We hadn't really talked a ton about the draft. And just a little uh, full disclosure, I'm not a huge fan of diving into players because First off, the draft is a straight-up crapshoot as it is. And so I don't like to fall in love with players for two reasons. One is that they may not be who you think they are when they get into the league. And the other thing is that if you fall in love with a player, that player might end up being a Bronco. You know what I mean? That player might end up being a whatever, a chief or whatever else. So I try not to fall in love with players because then if they end up on teams that I can't stand, then I don't get like, you know, feeling a certain kind of way about it. But that said... There's a lot of really, really cool talent in this draft that is really applicable to what the Raiders' needs are. And so I think it's an interesting discussion. Um, Again, not falling in love with players, although there is one I really, really have kind of fallen in love with. Um, But I try not to. I try to curb that, and I try to keep it objective and not subjective, and I try to keep it like my viewpoint on the draft and players from a really high level. So anyway, we're going to get into a lot of the draft. We're going to get into some Raiders draft history, too. Um, I, I think the Raiders draft history um, is, is really fun. And so we're going to, we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to hear some cool stuff from uh, uh, Sebastian Janikowski, Charles Woodson. Uh, and then we're going to talk about like what we think as fans are some of the Raiders' greatest draft picks. So, so think about that. Not necessarily the Raiders' greatest players but the greatest draft picks of the Raiders. So just kind of put that in your, in your mind to be thinking about it. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to hit you up chat room. I want to, I want to hear what you uh, think are some of the Raiders greatest, greatest draft picks. And then, uh, and then we're going to look at this year's draft and we're going to look and see what um, what's on the table. And then uh, we've got a couple emails. So we're going to get into see a fans mailbag and we're going to do a couple emails uh, and then we're going to listen to some voicemails. And of course, we're going to kick it off once again with the capo uh, who had an epic uh, voicemail last night. And uh, and he's got a great one tonight too. gets into his draft thoughts. Uh, so we're going to hear from the capo tonight. And then I've got some of the voicemails that we weren't able to get to last night because otherwise it would have been a three and a half plus hour show and three I felt was plenty. Uh, so anyways, thank you everybody that's here again. 
you guys are hardcore, man, and we love you so much. And thank you for uh, for being back here again uh, for another episode of Raiders Fan Radio, episode number 201. All right, so I'm going to hit some contact information um, real quick before I do. I mean, last night was basically one big fundraiser for the Bolitnikoff Foundation, and, and you guys were so amazingly generous. Um, so, you know, um, you know, we love all the monetary donations, but all I would ask tonight, just please uh, hit the thumbs up, subscribe to the channel if you haven't subscribed, tell your Raider friends, um, you know, just, just kind of share the news about Raiders Fan Radio if you like what we do around here. Uh, maybe give us a review on iTunes. Um, th- that's all that we ask of you. Uh, again, the monetary donations blow us away. And last night we raised more money in one single night than we ever have with this show. So I'm, I mean, bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much. It's so kind of you. I heard from the Bolitnikovs today and uh, they congratulated the winner of the autographed jersey plus just kind of amplified the sentiment that Raider Nation, you know, they're so thankful for the fundraising. So thank you guys for that. Um, so in lieu of anything monetary tonight, just just do us a favor, man. Hit the hit the thumbs and all that good stuff. Because uh, what that does is that that gives our show more exposure. The more exposure we have, the more money we raise, ultimately, is what we're looking for. So uh, thanks for all the support last night. Thank you for your support again tonight. And now I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to hit the button. Just press the damn button, nerd. I'm trying. And then we were going to get into some contact info. And then, hey, here's an idea. Let's talk about the Raiders. All right, boys and girls, pay attention. You got your old Uncle Mosh here with an update. That's right. I got some stuff for you. Take out a piece of paper, a pencil, a pen. Ah, heck, use your pocket knife and carve the info into your dashboard (laughs) as you're driving down the highway. First off, you need to like us on our fan page on Facebook. That's right. Go to Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. Don't forget about the Twitter. You know your old Uncle Mosh, he twits now. That's right. Go to at Raiders Fan Radio. Also, don't forget the Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about our website? That's right, RaidersFanRadio.com. Heck, if you wanted to, you if you wanted to, if you want to, you can even email us show at RaidersFanRadio.com or call us. On the Raiders Fan Radio Hotline, 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. Don't forget Merv's Fan Cave on the YouTube where you can get all the show links like the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead and Fitz. Find all our stuff on podcast providers like Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. All right, did I hit the time limit? Good. Merv Swag Jeff, and who's the third guy? That is the one and only Uncle Mosh is who that third guy is. Thank you, Will Compton. Um, so uh, th- here I just said all that what I said, and then here goes Ty the Raider, man. Uh, $1.99 donation. Thank you, Ty the Raider. We appreciate you, man. Uh, you know, you know, 100% of that money is going to go to the foundation. I think the next one up is the Greater Youth Sports Association. Let me see if I can spit that out. The Greater Youth Sports Association of Las Vegas, and uh, where they, uh, you know, they get out to kids that don't have the, um, uh, you know, the sports uh, readily available to them in sports leagues, and they get out to those kids and uh, that are underprivileged, and they put together, you know, leagues for them, and it's an, an amazing organization. And I think that's what's next up for us. So uh, that's where that money will go. So thank you, Tyler Raider, for that donation. We appreciate you. Um, also, pretty funny. Uh, Mojo says uh, we have a guy that hits the thumbs down on all of our videos we think we know who it is and we love it well you know what mojo we got one of those guys too it's uncle mosh murph swag jeff and who's the third guy yeah my freaking co-host is always hitting the thumbs down on our videos but he claims it's because he's got fat thumbs but i think he just likes to mess with us 
All right. Um, so let's get into some respect. Uh, just a quick one today. Uh, and then we're going to get into all the, the, the big Raider stuff. Um, I want to give respect to a fellow RFR. So you guys that listen to this show enough, you know that I like me some Star Wars. And, um, and there's a Star Wars podcast that's like, they're freaking like the OG Raiders or Star Wars podcast. They have like this massive following. It's a huge show. It's called Rebel Force Radio. And so they're RFR and we're RFR, right? Well, just like you guys that are listeners to this show and that you participate and, and contribute to this show, I do that to Rebel Force Radio. Like if I hear or see something cool, I send it to those guys, all right? And, um, it, you know, because I'm, I'm a listener. I'm a fan of theirs. Uh, Jason and Jimmy Mack, they do an incredible job of, uh, uh, with their show. It's, it's, it's uh, very well done. And a lot of what we've done here has been not to copy, but to, like, take good tips from those guys because they do it so well and install them here. So anyways, all that said, I sent them um, an interview with O'Shea Jackson on the Rich Eisen show. You guys know also we're big Rich Eisen fans. And I was listening to Rich Eisen show and O'Shea Jackson, who's Ice Cube's kid, was on Rich Eisen and he was talking about getting cast in the new Kenobi series. So I forwarded the link of this interview to Jason and Jimmy Mack at Rebel Force Radio, and they played it on their show, and it was cool. I just expected him to play it on the show, but they give us some nice respect on their show, so in turn, I'm going to give them respect back here. RFRs, stick together. Like most of us, especially listening to this show, he grew up a big Star Wars fan, and he talks a little bit about what Star Wars meant to him growing up. You know, the things that, that made little kid Shay like, go crazy mm -hmm. are the Lakers, you know, the Lakers, of course, acknowledging me anytime is always great. Wrestling, Godzilla, uh, uh, Star Wars, and video games. And I'm getting a little bit of acknowledgement from all sides of that. Oh, and yeah. it's a dream come true. So he's pretty pumped to be in uh, Star Wars. Also, I, I got to thank uh, Murph from Raiders Fan Radio, another RFR bringing me uh, this, <laughs> these clips because <laughs> I didn't know about it until right before the show. So thanks a lot, Murph, and I'm happy that RFRs stick together. <laughs> so uh, from our RFR to your RFR, thank you. Our RFR. That's, that's kind of hard to say. <laughs> um, but uh -huh. here's some fun stuff. All right, so appreciate you, Jason and Jimmy Mack. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was almost hesitant to name the show Raiders fan radio once upon a time because I didn't want to be known as RFR because they call their show RFR and I didn't want to be, you know, a copycat there. So anyways, but clearly it's not. We all embrace each other. A rising tide lifts all ships. So appreciate you, Jimmy Mack. Appreciate you, Raider Nation. All right, let's here we go. Raider talk. Let's talk about the draft. Hey, what's up? It's Brockman from the Rich Eisen Show. And it's Del Tupo from the Rich Eisen Show. You're listening to Murph and Mosh on, on the Raiders, Raiders Fan, Fan Radio. Radio. Yes. <laughs> All right, appreciate everybody in the chat room there. Kevin, the Raider nerds in there. Kevin, the Raider nerds, actually the one that hit me to the. Uh, to the shout out on on uh, Rebel Force Radio, so thank you, Kevin. Uh, Title Raider is in there. Lee B is in there. Big Easy is in there. Aaron, the Q Dog Raider. 
is in the in the building. We're gonna hear from Q Dog, our Capo, in a little bit. Uh, Lee B, did I say that killed Jadis? Michelle Sweat. When the universe speaks, Atticus be rocking Chevy Silver Raider. Uh, someone in there said, uh, uh, did, "Wasn't there just a show yesterday?" Yep, there sure was. And here we are back again. Uh, so appreciate you, man. You guys are hardcore. All right. So here's some draft stories. I love hearing uh, accounts of great players when they reflect back on their time being drafted as young players. I think it's a cool like insight to the mentality of what's going on with, with players. And so I, I pulled two in particular because I think it's an interesting dichotomy between the mentality of a guy like Charles Woodson, who fully expected to go at the top of the first round. Um, and what, from what you'll hear, really felt like the Raiders were going to be the one to come calling versus a guy like Sebastian Janikowski, who had no clue that he was going to get drafted into the first round to the point to where he was on the golf course. So let's check in first with Charles Woodson and hear uh, his draft story. Hi, I'm Charles Woodson. This is my draft story. It's selection day in the National Football League. Like all of us as young players, man, we dream about going to the draft, dream about getting drafted. Um, and of course, you know, you want to get drafted high. We are eagerly anticipating the start of what may go down in history when we look back 10 years from now as the high watermark draft of the entire decade of the 90s. You know, going up into the draft, you know, there was talks about me going forward uh, overall to the Raiders. But then there was all, all of a sudden there was some, some chatter about somebody moving up and moving up into the fourth pick. You know, always interesting when the Raiders are on the clock with it. We understand the pick is coming right in. They, they, they got to go with Woodson. I mean, now all of a sudden corner, which is such a strength position for them for years and years and years. Then there was a little bit of anxiety, if you will, about whether or not I was going to get picked fourth or not. Let's go up to the podium. Head Commissioner Paul Tagliabue. With the uh, fourth pick in the draft. And then the time came and, and the Raiders actually made the call. They said, Charles, we're taking you at number four. The Oakland Raiders have selected defensive back, University of Michigan, Charles Woodson. Man, I had, you know, my family, man, my, my mom, my brother, my sister, nephew, dad. Of course, you know, there was, you know, hugs, you know, going around just like you see, you know, every year. You know, big time hugs and you know, congratulations and tears of joy. It's, it's the only pick that I think the Raiders could have made. That moment right there, knowing that I had made it and, and gotten my opportunity to play in the NFL was an incredible moment, man, and one that I'll never forget. All right, there he is. Pretty cool stuff there, man, hearing Charles Woodson tell his his draft story. And I'll tell you, one of the highlights for me for the first draft that I was ever able to attend, uh, which was a couple years ago in Nashville, I had my boys with me. Uh, of course, Aaron and I and, 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 and Uncle Mosh, we went to day one and hung out together. Uh, but then day two, I took my boys out there, and Charles Woodson came out to announce uh, the Raiders pick, which I believe was Trayvon Mullen. 
and um, and he took up the mantle of Willie Brown and wishing all the moms Happy Mother's Day, and that was a freaking epic moment, man. And and uh, I probably should have pulled that audio. We'll, we'll play it. I'm going to come back next Wednesday because it's right before the draft, so we'll get all that stuff. In fact, we'll we'll honor Willie Brown and um, and and everything that that he did is as far as. I mean, clearly, first and foremost, as a Hall of Fame Raider. But what he did with the draft and and uh, the legacy that he left in, in wishing all the moms Happy Mother's Day and ultimately Woodson picking up that mantle is just incredible. But anyways, so it's great, man. I, I love Charles Woodson. Like, he's becoming... I think one of the best storytellers in Raider Nation, like that, you know, that that often like we look at Phil Villapiano and like that's the guy, you know, maybe LaMonica, you know, of course, Stabler when he was alive. But I think Woodson's moving up, man. I could just listen to that guy talk uh, forever. So that's uh, it was pretty cool to hear from Chuck there. Um, all right. So I mentioned the dichotomy between a guy that's, you know, Heisman Trophy winner versus you know, a kicker out of Florida State that was on the golf course and didn't figure he was going to get drafted anytime soon. Overall pick in the 2000 draft. We were on a golf course in uh, Daytona Beach. My agent called me. He's like, you got to come in. I was like, what are you talking about? It was just the first round. <laughs> you know, nobody was going to draft a kicker in the first round. He's like, no, you have to come in. Yeah, 17 pick. Oakland Raiders call. I was really surprised. Some of the some of the records that Sebastian Janikowski holds: longest field goal in overtime, 57 yards; most field goals in one quarter, four; most field goals of 50 yards or more in his career, 58. Well, you know, as a rookie coming into Raiders, you know, they take care of me, especially you know there was a lot of older guys like Rich Gain and Tim Brown, so uh, they took me out under the wing. But uh, you know, people want to make fun of you. I kick it going the first round, but gonna kind of went through it. All right, there we go. So Sebastian Janikowski, man, out there on the golf course going like, wait a minute. Like, what do you mean I got to come in? Uh, So pretty cool there, man. Al Davis, man, drafting Janikowski in the first round and Ray Guy in the first round. And like Uncle Mosh likes to always say, you know, he had a broken foot even too. Not only did they draft a punter in the first round, but they drafted a punter with a broken foot. Um, So anyways, pretty cool there. All right, so here's here's my my question to you, chat room. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the Raiders drafted what what they call the common draft era. Okay, so we're talking like basically like the 70s up. So you could count Jim Otto as one of the greatest Raiders players ever drafted. That was 1960. So that was before the common draft era started. So basically you want to think of like, you know, the Super Bowl era effectively, right? Um, You know, late 60s, early 70s on through. So I've got the list here of Raiders that were draft picks that are in the Hall of Fame, okay? So tell me who you guys think. Let's see how many of these you can check off of Raiders. So these are homegrown picks. These are not, you know, like Willie Brown was acquired via trade with the Broncos, right? So we're not talking about players like that. We're talking about players like Charles Woodson. So there's there's with Woodson and now Janikowski off the list, okay? That leaves about nine more. All right, uh, and I took Otto off there too. Who else do you guys think uh, in terms of like the greatest Raiders that were drafted? And it's, if you go by Hall of Fame careers, it's pretty easy to start figuring some of these things out. So let's see what we got in there. Um, Silver Blacksmith says Raiders 75. Absolutely. Howie Long. Uh, Howie Long was, 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 a, was drafted by the Raiders in, um, uh, in, in uh, was, it actually says 1984, but 
that's not right. Well, I guess technically, because he was there for the 83 Super Bowl team. But anyways, that was his rookie year. So, um, but anyways, yeah, great, great guest there uh, on Howie Long. 75, you guys got any more guesses in there? I'll give you, I'll give you a couple easy ones. Um, Timmy Brown, man, uh, 1988 uh, was a, was a, was a first round uh, pick by the Raiders. And he is now in the Hall of Fame. Lincoln Kennedy is a great uh, name there. Not all famer, but he's in there. Gene Upshaw. Amen. Good job, Michael Mercord. Great guess. Um, not even a guess. You nailed it. Uh, first round, 1967, uh, the Raiders drafted who I think was probably, arguably at least, because the Raiders have had a multitude of great leaders in the organization throughout history. But I would say if he's not number one, he's on the shortest of lists in terms of the greatest leaders the Raiders have ever had, not to mention he was a freaking Hall of Fame guard, right? Uh, Kill Jadis is Cliff Branch, right? Yes, and absolutely. And Cliff, Cliff Branch needs to be in the goddamn Hall of Fame. But I'm going to stay wound down on that one. You can tell I'm kind of chilled out tonight after last night going three hours. But yes, Cliff Branch is an excellent call out not yet in the hall of fame but he damn well better be soon because that's the biggest oversight and the biggest freaking atrocity when it comes to the hall of fame get your freaking crap together hall of fame you're gonna let in drew pearson because he cries now we got to deal with the fact that we got to have him go in ahead of cliff uh, harold carmichael went in ahead of cliff cliff not only had more rings but better numbers and beat those guys head to head and now we got to induct cliff posthumously because you're freaking dragging your ass on getting him inducted just like you did stabler like thankful for flores thankful for freaking uh, charles woodson thankful for even wayne mabry this year but let's go with cliff branch please okay um howie long yes already been uh said jack tatum great call out there's another hall of fame oversight speaking of those um Big Easy says, I'd say Bo Jackson, not in the Hall of Fame, though. Great call-out, though. These are great, guys. They're, you're right. They're not Hall of Famers, per se, but these are great call-outs for Raiders draft picks. I see Marcus Allen. Big Easy said Marcus Allen. There you go. 1982, Marcus Allen. All right. Um, I mentioned one of these guys. He was a kicker. He was a punter, right? Not Shane Leckler. So it's, of course, Raymond Guy. 1973, Ray Guy. Uh, it gets drafted by the Raiders. All right. I'll give you three more that are in the Hall of Fame. Come on, you got, let's go uh, think lineman. Lester Hayes, great call out there. Was Lester a draft pick, though? I don't know. We'll have to follow up on that one. Uh, if Lester was drafted by the Raiders, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yep, Ray Guy's in there. All right, so uh, Gene Upshaw's line mate, of course. We're talking about Art Shell, uh, who was drafted in 1968. The Snake, not even the Snake, just Snake. Kenny Stabler, right? Drafted by the Raiders out of the University of Alabama in the second round. And uh, so that uh, that's, of course, a great Raider draft pick. And then last, we're going to go with Dave Casper. 1974 Hall of Famer, the Ghost, uh, drafted by the Oakland Raiders. So those are, to me, those are some of the greatest Raiders draft picks ever. You guys had some excellent ones in there. Appreciate that. And uh, that's right, Lee B says, only punter in the Hall of Fame. That's right, Ray Guy. And soon to be... Think about this. Leckler's going to probably get in, too. That means there's going to be two punters in the Hall of Fame, and both of them are going to be Raiders. That's going to be pretty sweet. So, uh, anyways, I appreciate you guys on that. appreciate your, your input. And now let's get into some uh, some current draft prospects. After I find the button. I got a, these buttons, man. Just press the damn button, nerd. I'm trying. Nobody enjoyed a good Donnybrook more than sixth-year linebacker Phil Villapiano. 
This is Phil Villapiano, and you're listening to Raiders Fan Radio. All right. Yes, uh, Lester Hayes was drafted out of uh, Texas A&M, 1977, in the fifth round. How about that? Great call out. I forget who it was that mentioned that. Uh, Adam Hill. Great call out, Adam Hill. That's awesome. And then uh, let's let's check out Villabiano because I'm pretty sure Phil. I hate looking up stuff when I'm on the air, but let's get this right. P I A N O. All right, Phil Villapiano. I always say Biano. It's it's piano when you listen to it, the way he pronounces it. Yeah, Bowling Green. Yeah, Raiders drafted him out of Bowling Green. So there you go. So there's another couple. Uh, Phil Villapiano, and then uh, of course uh, the great great Lester Hayes. All right, let's jump into some. Uh, Let's jump into some of these players. Okay, so I'm going to give you just some of the guys that I think are good fits for the Raiders. These aren't ones necessarily I think are going to fall to the Raiders. I think that there are there's chances they could, um, depend because this draft is so deep, and it's so deep for positions of need for the Raiders. You know, the Raiders don't need, you know, quarterbacks. And we don't, you know what I mean? Like, so we don't, you know, need a left tackle. We don't like, so when you look at some of the more high profile positions that teams are going to target early, none of those are the positions that the Raiders are going to likely target. Those are, they may not to say that they won't draft, you know, a quarterback or something, but they'll, that'll be in a later round. Um, and, and as more of like a backfill thing, you know, um, just somebody to develop like they did try to do with Connor cook kind of a, kind of a thing. So so that said, there's some of these players that really could drop to the Raiders. When you look at how deep wide receiver is and the fact that wide receivers, other than you know a couple of them, aren't going to go in the first 15, 16 picks. By the time we get to 17, you might see somebody like Devontae Smith. So look, I'm just saying. I know it sounds a little crazy, but you might. You might. All right, so the first one I'm going to throw at you is Micah Parsons. I know some of these are kind of like, wow, like, oh my gosh, like the way he's going to be there. But he could be. So let's talk about Micah Parsons. 6'3", 245 pounds, uh, middle linebacker out of Penn State. That's a big-ass middle linebacker. Like 6'3", 245, that's almost edge rusher. And I believe he was an edge rusher before he um, switched over to, to, to stand-up middle linebacker. Um, so after he commits to Penn State, Parsons, oh, here you go right here. After he commits to Penn State, Parsons was informed by head coach James Franklin he would start his career at middle linebacker rather than defensive end where he played in high school. Franklin also announced that Parsons would be in contention for the starting job his freshman year. Parsons only started one game that year, um, but, he, but he led the team in tackles as a freshman. So that's pretty impressive, man. So isn't a starter and leads the team in tackles at middle linebacker, that's as a freshman, Okay. Uh, so prior to the start of the next season, um, he was named the Butkus award preseason watch awarded to the Butkus award preseason watch list. And then his sophomore year, he has 109 tackles, five sacks, three deflected passes and three forced fumbles. Parsons went on to be named the Butkus award winner. and was a consensus all American. He also had a dominating performance in the 2019 cotton Bowl and was named defensive MVP of the game. Uh, in which he recorded 14 tackles, two sacks, and two forced fumbles. Like, dude is a gamer. Now, I know we addressed the linebacker position with Corey Littleton and Nick Kwiatkowski, and I don't think those two have seen their ceiling yet as Raiders. I'm fully confident of that. I think they were held back 
by Paul Gunther's system. Uh, yeah, you're still the player on the field, but when your coach is setting you up for a position of confusion, it's hard to execute because you're thinking too much. You're not just flying around. And we know this because we heard it from Will Compton firsthand. So that isn't like speculation or like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes as fans, we can be like, well, I'll bet you it's this. Well, we know that's what it is because we heard it from a guy that was on the field playing under Paul Gunther. So I think that Littleton and Kwiatkowski will see much more production in Gus Bradley's system. But still, when you got a guy of this caliber that you can round it out when have, you know, Micah Parsons come and step in and play and who knows, maybe he's your starter by week four, week five. And then now all of a sudden you got crazy depth at linebacker, which remind me the last time we had crazy depth at linebacker. I don't know. Thomas Howard, Kirk Morrison, and Robert Thomas, maybe? Like, you got to go way back a ways, right? So, uh, Nick Morrow, of course, staying in the mix there. But I think Micah Parsons makes a lot of sense for the Raiders. On that same theme, next up, you got the Joker. First off, he's got the best nickname in the draft. And I'm talking about, I'm not even going to, I'm, I'm going to butcher the last name. So, just deal with it if you know how to pronounce it better than me because you're a big Notre Dame fan. That's awesome. I, I'm not. And so, Jeremiah, I can do that one. Awosu, Awusu, Koroma, Koroma. Anyways, whatever. That's why they call him Joker because his initials are JOK. So he's the Joker out of Notre Dame, middle linebacker, for all the same reasons that I just gave you about Micah Parsons. But the Joker, Jeremiah, is a little bit more of a playmaker. Uh, so he spends his freshman year um, on the scout team and didn't appear in any games. Then he misses out on his sophomore year after breaking his foot in practice. Um, and then he was named a starter going into his junior season when he records 80 tackles, a team leading 13 and a half for a loss, five and a half sacks, four passes broken up, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. And in 2020, he wins a Butkus Award as the nation's top linebacker, in addition um, to being named the ACC Defensive Player of the Year and a unanimous All-American. So once again, we're talking about a guy that freaking brings it. And I think that when you, it's tough to be, for an amateur film watcher like me, not to be dazzled by a highlight reel, but I think it's arguable. But I think when you look at Joker's highlight reel, it looks a little more flashy than a Micah Parsons. So I think that even though he's undersized compared to Parsons, um, at 6'1", 215 versus 6'3", 245, gosh, he's just a big man. Um, I don't know. I think that there's a case to be made there for that. And it's really because he's a cover guy. And like, if we want to really drill down what the Raiders need in terms of linebacker ability, the reason we signed Corey Littleton, we need him to cover. We got to cover Travis Kelsey's big ass. Like we got to cover these guys. Hunter Henry's no longer in the division, but you get the point though. Like we got to cover man. And so we need linebackers that can cover. So I think those two guys, either one of them would be great. And, uh, and I'm probably leaning towards, uh, towards Jeremiah in that one. Um, real quick before I move on, just to give you a quick rundown too. I meant to do this at the top. Um, so the Raiders have, um, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five. So we got seven picks, right? Then the draft. So we got 17. That's our first one there. We all know. Then we got number 48. Okay. So we're picking there. So two good picks at the top. Then we got two thirds. So we got 79 and 80. I love it when you can go back to back. I think it's really cool. So we got 79 from Arizona. So we're going, and that's the one we got for, uh, for Hudson. So we're going back to back picks. Uh, with 79 and 80. Then we got in the, in the fourth round, we got 121. Uh, and then in the fifth, we got uh, the one we got from Miami and the one we got from Seattle for uh, Gabe Jackson. So that's um, 162 and 167. So 
seven picks total, one in the first, one in the second, one in the first, one in the second, two in the third, and uh, one in the fourth, and two in the, in, in the fifth. So pretty cool there. All right, so let me give you another one. Here's a position of need for us. Right tackle. We need a right tackle. Uh, I, I think that we have players that are very capable of, of functioning and playing pretty well at right tackle. We already saw it last year. Um, the guys that came in in relief of the injured, oft injured Trent Brown. Um, but I think it's time to draft for, at a minimum, you're drafting for depth, but likely you're drafting for someone to start over there, uh, uh, maybe even by week one. Okay, um, so I like uh, Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech. Uh, this guy is 6'5", 314. Um, when, he, uh, when he committed to Virginia Tech, that was the only FBS school that offered him a, uh, a scholarship. Uh, but then he was assigned to go back and, and uh, attend a military academy because he had some academics that he needed to get, get tightened up. So he rejoins Virginia Tech in 2018, where he immediately starts at left tackle. Uh, and then he would start every game during the next subsequent season. So 2019-2020 starts every single game. He's named the first team All-ACC team. Um, and then he declares for the draft following the 2020 season. Uh, and then he's, of course, projected to be one of the top tackles picked. So I think Derisaw makes a lot of sense for the Raiders. Um, again, I'm not, a, I'm not a big tape guy. I know enough to be dangerous. But like I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm Ted Wynn and like you know I'm like you know or Brian Baldinger or you know you know Mayock and I know everything about you know what does he say a heavy legged waist bender or whatever his terms are and all I don't know but all I can do, all I can do is look at players I think will fit for the Raiders that I can do as a fan that I can I can look at our team and go okay here we have some areas of need and these guys look like they would be players that the Raiders could plug in and start right like off this list I left off here is Christian Barrymore from Alabama who had a lot of highlights as a defensive tackle and as much as we've had you know uh you know a a rotating uh whatever cast at at, at defensive tackle here lately and especially this offseason a lot of folks are thinking that like oh that's why we let Maurice Hurst go so we can make room for that I don't think so because that's not the kind of defensive tackle that fits into Gus Bradley's system. When you think of a defensive tackle for Gus Bradley, think Michael Bennett. Remember Michael Bennett for the Seahawks, the guy that had like shoulder pads that were like this big? Remember that? And he was like, here's a little shoulder pad. He wore like kicker shoulder pads. He's this big, massive dude. He wore little shoulder pads. That's what you length. And the, what was the one knock on Maurice Hurst? Coming out of college, he had short arms. Didn't have that ability to, to, to separate. You think about guys like Max Crosby. He's got this massive wingspan. He can push and, and separate and create space in between himself and a, and a blocker. That was the knock against Maurice Hurst. And Maurice Hurst hasn't gotten picked up. I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to bash on the guy. But there was a reason that they let him go. And he, didn't, he, he struggled with a thing to begin with. And then now he doesn't fit the prototype of what works in this defensive 4-3 of Gus Bradley. So I didn't include him in that and bear more in that. Well, I don't really around the horn on that. Hope you followed me. Um, anyway, so that's, that's what I can look at. I can, as a, as a fan, look at players and go, okay, that guy makes sense for the Raiders. All right. So next up, Rashawn uh, Slater. I like Rashawn Slater and Northwestern. Surprisingly, like I, I got two guys from Northwestern on my list. Also six, four, same, about same size as Darisaw. <coughs> Excuse me. 
as a true freshman, uh, Rashawn Slater starts 12 games at right tackle and was named Big Ten All-Conference All-Freshman. As a sophomore, he's named the third team All-Big Ten by the league's coaches. And after starting all 14 of Northwestern's games, Slater was named Honorable Mention All-Big Ten after allowing zero sacks in 11 starts as a junior. That's music to our ears, right? Entering his senior year, Slater was named preseason All-American, preseason All-Big Ten, and the Outland Trophy watch list. Uh, following the early announcement, the Big Ten will postpone their season due to COVID. He announced he'd, he'd enter in, into the draft. So, so Rashawn Slater, I think, makes a lot of sense uh, for the Raiders. And there's look, this is a tackle-deep draft. There are some positions, wide receiver, safety, tackle. What do we need? Wide receiver, right? I mean, well, not necessarily wide receiver per se, maybe, but tackle safety, right? And there's a lot of players out there that fit the mold for the Raiders. All right, so there's a few for you. I'm gonna, I got a couple, actually, I got a handful of more. Uh, let me go ahead and get my breath here, and then we'll get uh, into the next round of this. Where's that dang button? Hey, Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. Patrick Claybaum with NFL Network here. Hey, folks, I know three things you might like. Do you like football? Do you like the Las Vegas Raiders? Do you like listening to things? I'll add a fourth. Do you like swag? Well, here we got Swag Jeff, Murph, Uncle Mosh. This is Raiders Fan Radio. All right, appreciate everybody joining in the chat tonight. So many of you in there. Thank you so much. Uh, Aaron the Q-Dog Raider is in there. Kill Jadis is in there. Big Easy is in there. Uh, let's see. Um, Big Easy says, I'm not real bright. But I know it's a boring pick, but I'm leaning towards offensive lineman or tackle with our first pick. Me too. I kind of felt that way a while ago where it's like, because everyone's like, defense, defense, defense. And I'm like, yeah, but don't be surprised if the Raiders take a tackle. And after looking at how the talent is lined, like you can still get some solid defenders in the second round. I'm not in love with it. I would, it, it is boring. And I think that there are much bigger needs for our team than tackle um, on the other side of the ball to justify a first round pick. But I'm not Mike Mayock nor John Gruden. And I watch the players in practice every day. So, uh, but anyways, appreciate you big easy. Sugar Shane's in there. When the Universe Speaks. Lencho is in there. Michelle Sweat. Atticus B. Rockin'. Roland Dubs. Pyro1975. Miguel Ruiz. Tyrone Graves. Uh, Kevin the Raider Nerd is in there. Appreciate everybody. Chevy Silver Raider. I appreciate you all uh, joining us for episode number 201, our Raider-centric episode. Go figure. Um, okay. Uh, Q-Dog in there says uh, Morig. I'm, I'm with you. I like Morig, but I like him, but I don't like him. And I'll and I like him for him. I don't like him because there's another guy that I'm in love with. I have fallen in love with one player in this draft, and I'm going to get to him at the very end. So if Morig isn't the pick, I get why. If the target is someone else later on, okay. So let's talk about Morig though. Uh, safety six two two oh two out of TCU. Uh, as a true freshman in 2018, he transitioned to safety, um, starting two games on defense and uh, named the Horn Frogs special teams MVP for the season. 
he becomes a full-time starter as a sophomore in 2019 and finished second uh, on the team with four interceptions and, tw- and 62 tackles. After the season, he's named um, first team All Big 12. Uh, prior to Morig's junior year in 2020, uh, he was named the top defensive back in Texas by Dave Campbell's Texas Football and, and is the nation's top returning safety by Pro Football Focus, who I'm not a big fan of, but whatever and a preseason All-American by the Walter Camp Football Foundation. Also named the top safety prospects of the 2021 draft by one Mel Kuyper and his hair. Um, so there you go. So there's Morig. I mean, you know, Capo talks a lot about him, and uh, I think he's just kind of like, he's the guy, you know, at safety um, for th- for this draft. You know, if you're going to – well, there are, I, I take that back. There are a couple um, others as well, but I think that for what, again – for the Raiders, not in context of other teams, but for the Raiders at safety, Morig is 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 got to be the pick. He's the one that makes the most sense. All right. Also, yes, Damon Arnett still to be figured out how good he's going to do. We like Trayvon Mullen, um, but you know, look at a minimum in the NFL, you need depth at cornerback. So it would not shock me if the Raiders went corner in the first round. It feels like we've gone corner in the first round. A whole lot in recent history, Damon Arnett, Gary and Conley, like, you know, and some other people that aren't from Ohio State. Uh, but even Mullen, you know, second round pick, like we've addressed cornerback a lot. But to me, that's kind of one of those positions like like quarterback, like quarterback. You keep drafting that position until you get what you need. Like you keep going because the way that the, this has ultimately turned out to be such a passing league in the NFL, you got to have good corners. And it doesn't hurt to have depth at corner. You know what I mean? So uh, I think it's a good idea for the Raiders to keep drafting corner. So here's, a, here's, a, uh, here's one I'll throw at you. Uh, actually, I'm going to throw two at you. One's a likely candidate based on draft position. One is a pipe dream for the Raiders, but still. So Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Uh, Greg is 6'1", uh, 190. And he registered double-digit pass breakups in each of the last two seasons, including 10 in six games in 2020. He was named uh, third-team Associated Press All-American and first-team All-Big Ten last season. So he's probably going to be around. I got a feeling. And I like the idea that he's kind of like, you know, the, the, the flashy thing are the pick sixes, right? But pass breakups, that's what you want. You want a guy to be disruptive in the secondary. You want a guy to be a disruptive corner. You know, when you look at, like, like the numbers of like Namdi Asamoa or like Patrick Peterson back in the day, or like you look at those guys as numbers, they didn't have a bunch of picks. They weren't like Richard Sherman. They weren't like, you know, setting records, you know, like, or like even like Revis was like, you can look at a lot of the greatest corners of all time and their stats are not great because number one, people aren't targeting them as much, but also like they're just disrupting plays. They're just, they're keeping anything from going on over there. And when it does, they're just breaking up. a. would rather see pass breakups than picks because I mean, well, I guess you could weigh it two ways, but ultimately, if you think of it like this, if you got a pass breakup, you've ended the play. You've potentially ended a drive. You've done whatever, right? When you're always going for the ball, there's the risk to get burned. Now there's also the risk to get a pick six too, but it's a little more risky. I'm just, I don't know. I like the, the idea of the pass breakup. I like the idea of while the lockdown corner doesn't necessarily exist anymore. Like it did once upon a time, Deion Sanders, right? 
you know, Lester Hayes, Mike Haynes, that lockdown corner because the game is played so different. But still, like the disruptive corner, the guy that breaks up a lot of passes, the guy that's really active, I like that. And so I, I think that's what um, – that's what you can find uh, in in, uh, in in Newsom. So then we got Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. I think that's the pipe dream. I don't think there's uh, there's like a five percent chance he falls to the Raiders, right? If he does, add Patrick Sertan the second out of Alabama. Alabama six two two zero two. I'll save you all the stats on him because he's just hands down. I think the best corner in the freaking. Uh, in the draft. And so, again, some really funky stuff would happen to happen for him to fall that far. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think that's capable of happening. But you never know. You never know. So, you know, there's something crazy that happens in the draft every year. Every year someone falls because there's only 16 slots ahead of us. And a bunch of those are going to get filled with quarterbacks and wide receivers and left tackles or whatever, right? So, there's a lot of movement potential or drop potential for some of the high-profile players. Another one out of Alabama that has been often criticized because of his size, I think is it's fair, I guess, but the dude is still a Heisman Trophy winner. It's still, we're talking about Devontae Smith out of Alabama, 6'1". He's listed at 175. Uh, room around a campfire is that this last weigh-in he did, he was 166. So he's a pretty slight build, and that's the knock against the guy. But when you look at what a playmaker, like, did you, like, did anybody that watched Alabama play this year, like, dude is an absolute stud. Like, he's, he's amazing. And so if that guy is on the board at 17, how do you say no? And here's why I, I put him on here, and because I think it makes sense for the Raiders in this sense. That, like, everybody loves the big, fast, number one wide receiver, right? Everybody wants A.J. Green. Everybody wants Julio Jones. Everybody wants, right, you want Megatron. You want whatever. Everybody wants that kind of, that's got to be our number one. We got to be that. Well, we have that number one. And his name is Darren Waller. But he's not a wide receiver. So I think that if a guy like Devontae Smith is on the board, and again, I'm going to save you reading because it's two and a half long paragraphs on his on uh, on all of his you know successes and achievements and accomplishments in in college football, when you got a guy like that that's that dynamic of a playmaker, and oh yeah, by the way, his former teammate Henry Ruggs is on the other side of the field, and oh yeah, by the way, you got Renfro working underneath, and oh yeah, by the way, you got Brian Edwards that can work the back of, of the end zone, uh, you know, for uh, you know in the red zone, and like you start thinking about what that would actually look like, considering that Waller's going to be the number one target. I think it could make sense for the Raiders, man. And hey, look, you want to you want to break the top off of a defense? Draft Devontae Smith. Now, again, I don't think he's going to be there. Just like Sertan, I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think you get that level of talent. I don't think you get it falling that far. But once again, crazier things have happened. All right, uh, I'm going to hit a break, and then we're going to get into some sleepers. So those are the guys at the top. Those are the guys you're going to see. Round one, that's always the, the right, that's the, 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 uh, the, the glossy picks, right? That's the one everyone loves to talk about what we're going to do in the first round. But what about the sleepers? What about the guys that could fall to us in the later rounds, the third round, the fourth round, maybe even all the way down to the fifth round? That's what we're going to get to next. I'm going to go ahead and hit a break here, and then we'll jump into it. Hey, Raider Nation. I just want to say hello. This is Pastor Mondo of NationMinistry.net. You're listening to Raider Fan Radio with Uncle Marsh and my brother, Merle. 
Just win, baby. This is Trent Sig, and you're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with Murph, Swag Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Just win, baby. All right, I've got four sleeper picks for you. Um, I'm going to start with my second favorite, and then I got a couple guys that I think are maybe's in the middle, and then I've got my my the, the player I fell in love with at the end. All right, let me shout out the chat too while we're at it. Let's see, we got uh, Aaron the Q Dog Raiders in there. Atticus be rocking the big easy Chevy Silver Raider. Uh, Miguel Ruiz is in there. Tyrone Graves is in there. Sugar Shane's in there. Uh, appreciate all of you joining uh, us and joining me here for this uh, podcast selfie as we dig into the uh, uh, to the Raiders draft potential. Um, this is fun. I had a lot of fun putting this together because it's, it's I hadn't had a chance to really dive in i mean i follow you know nfl networks on my tv 24 7 pretty much and and i and i follow football college football closely and all that but like i really hadn't like really locked into like where the raiders were who i think is going to be on the board and all that good stuff i don't do mock drafts i don't do that kind of stuff these are just kind of you know just some just some thoughts i had around some of these players and and so uh anyway so i hope you guys are, are digging it and um this is pretty cool this has been fun so all right so here's my sleepers uh, so speaking of NFL Network, I saw this guy on NFL Network and it sold me. Uh, he arguably is about the fourth best wide receiver in the class. Okay, arguably. Uh, when you look at his highlight reel, which it's easy to watch a YouTube highlight reel, they're only going to put good stuff on there. But even the stuff they were showing on NFL Network yesterday is pretty impressive. Uh, his name is Tylen Wallace. He's a wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, five uh, eleven, one ninety three totally dynamic in terms of, of, of being a wide out. Um, here's the, here's the rundown on the guy. Um, he's got an all around game. He's got a quick release off the line of scrimmage. He sells routes and consistently separates from defenders. He's tough, doesn't back down from a challenge and comes away with a difficult reception. Adjust to the errant throw, making the reception in stride, extends his hands and snatches the ball out of the air. He can track a pass in the air and he'll display outstanding eye-hand coordination. Keeps the play inbounds after the catch and works to pick up positive yardage. He quickly recognizes blocking assignments, gives effort, and gets results. All right, so pretty legit, man. Uh, I think that would be a nice, a nice fit. Like, again, I'm Devontae Smith ain't gonna be there. But do we draft a wide receiver? I mean, I don't know. We picked up Willie Sneed. We got John Brown. Like, we got a pretty deep locker room uh, or wide receiver room as it is. But if you got a guy with that kind of talent and he's sitting around the third round and you got an extra pick, maybe you pull the trigger on it, right? So, I don't know, just thoughts. All right, uh, let me give you a few more. Frank Darby, speaking of wide receivers, wide receiver out of Arizona State. 6'1", 200. Um, wide receiver doesn't stand out as a big position for us, as I, as I already mentioned. However, being that we lost Aguilar, um, and we've, you know, we signed Snead and Brown, but these guys aren't, you know, we've kind of seen their ceilings. We know what they are. Um, would it make sense for us to draft in another young player? I think they might. Um, so I like Frank Darby because he stands out as a fantastic late round target. These aren't my words, but I'm reading it to you, but this is why I like him. Uh, late round target in, in the draft, and uh, he could be a guy to bring some juice to the Raiders' offensive attack. He is an alpha at wide receiver who plays the game with intense competitiveness. Can you guys think of a head coach 
that would draft a guy that's labeled in his scouting report as being an intense competitor, right? You feel me? Um, he's a dynamic deep threat who tracks the ball in the air extremely well and also shines in, contest, in contested catch situations. Darby's not the biggest or most explosive wide receiver prospect. Um, he's just simply a playmaker who will always get the job done. Like, that's, that's a pretty strong report there. So, again, fourth round, fifth round. Wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders pull the trigger on Frank Darby. All right? Um, we, back to the defensive side of the ball. We've kind of we've locked up our starting edge players. But you never can have too much depth at edge because um, Yanni Kangagwe is not going to play every single snap ever. Neither is Max Crosby. These guys need to get some relief, and Carl Nassib, doubt is the answer other than, you know, occasionally. And I know we paid him all that money, and I think it's a fair criticism at this point. I don't think you can blame Nassib's lack of production on Paul Gunther. But point being, the Raiders could use to have some more depth out there unless they sign Melvin Egram or somebody like that who's still out there, um, drafting for that edge player I think would be a good move. So here's a guy I think I could fall late. Um, going back to Penn State, uh, we're talking about Shaka Tony. Uh, he is 6'3", 231. Uh, Tony redshirts his freshman year, and then he recorded that year, his freshman year, recorded 20 tackles with, uh, with six and a half for loss and four sacks with two forced fumbles and named to the Big Ten's all-freshman team. Uh, he finished his redshirt sophomore year with seven and a half tackles for loss and five sacks. Tony was named second team all, ten big comp- all Big Ten Conference after making 41 tackles with eight tackles for loss and six and a half sacks. So very productive. Um, I look at school, too. Like, you know, I think that it's, it's talked about a lot when, in terms of, like, quarterbacks and stuff. But I think other players, too, like, you know, when you're playing at Penn State, you're playing against good football teams. If you're playing at North Dakota State and you have, you know, 12 sacks in a season, well, you're playing North Dakota State opponent. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when you look at players that have that level of production at a Penn State, I think that's solid, and especially if he falls down to later rounds. All right, last one. Here's the guy I'm in love with. This is the guy that gets the, uh, the, the uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, the Rico Award. <laughs> that we all fell in love with. I'm going to tell you his name, and I want you to, not in the middle of the show, but when we get done here tonight, go Google Paris Ford and look at this guy's highlight tape. Oh, my gosh. Paris Ford, safety out of pit. He's six foot, 190 pounds. Now, you might say, Murph, Six foot, 190 pounds, that's kind of slight for a safety. Yeah, I agree. It's a little bit undersized. But dude hits like a freaking He's the hardest hitting safety in college football last year. Dude brings it the lumber. I mean, and if I had to compare him to anybody, like just visually, I would on, on the field, I would say Jonathan Abram. The way that Abram will dart in and fly in, and take out ball carriers, that's what uh, Paris Ford does. But here's the thing he also can do. He's a ball hawk. Dude gets picks like crazy. Like in that highlight reel that you'll find, it shows him scoring pick sixes and like multiple interceptions in games. Like he's a ball hawk, but he he freaking brings it. It's incredible. The guy's so fast, and and he hits so hard. Like wait, he plays. Here's what I'm trying to say. He plays bigger than his size, but he plays fast still. So I'm 
Paris Ford has sold me. I hope the he likely is going to get drafted by the Raiders. Rarely the players we fall in love with get drafted. Ask Aaron. But man, I've fallen in love with this guy's film, and I'm going to hope he doesn't go to the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Patriots. Like, let me think of all the other teams I hate. Like, I hope he doesn't go to one of those teams because I want to root for him. Like, if he goes to the, you know, Titans or the Packers or, you know, whatever, somebody that we don't have beef with, like, I'll want to see him play well. Not against us ever, but I'll want to see him play well because I think he's, he's awesome. He's exciting as crap. Go check it out. Paris Ford, uh, red shirts his, his freshman year. Then his freshman year, he played in nine games on special teams. Then he was named a starter at safety going into his sophomore season. Finished the year. Listen to this, man. This is a safety. Finishes the year with 97 tackles his sophomore season. Two and a half for a loss, and he forced three fumbles with 14 passes defended, three interceptions, and was named first-team All-Atlantic Coast Conference. Going into his redshirt junior year, Ford was named the uh, was named to the Bednarik Award, Jim Thorpe Award, and Bronco Nagurski Trophy watch list, and was a preseason All-American. Paris freaking Ford. That's the guy I'm in love with. That's the guy I hope the Raiders get to play safety. He and Abram would be a perfect complement to one another because I don't think Carl Joseph's going to be your starter. I think Carl Joseph is going to back up Jonathan Abram. I think that, you know, and, and look, Jeff Heath is not a starter, right? Like we need help still at safety. So if the Raiders don't go after somebody high profile like Morig in the first round, don't be surprised to see my man Paris Ford show up with the Raiders later on in the rounds, and I'm going to be stoked for it. Before I hit a break and before we get into the Sea of Fans mailbag, D, the son, thank you very, very much. $40 donation. He says, Raiders! Thank you so much for that. I appreciate that donation. I appreciate your generosity. 100% of that money is going to go to the One Nation Foundation that in turn is going to support the Greater Youth Sports Association of Las Vegas. That is an incredibly kind donation. Thank you so much. Gosh, you guys, these past two nights, man, we have just, that's now over $400. That's now over 400 bucks that we have raised with two shows. And your generosity uh, is, is incredible and I'm constantly floored by it. And thank you so very, very much to all of you from last night and tonight, uh, D the sun. Thank you. And also for, uh, Tyler Raider, uh, earlier as well. Appreciate you all very, very much. We have a go for main engine start. And we have main engine start. Two, one. Booster ignition and liftoff of discovery. Hello, I'm astronaut Jose Hernandez, and you're listening to Raiders Fan Radio. You're listening to The Violator, and I'm live on Raiders Fan Radio. Where you at, baby? You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with the real star of the show, Little Murph, and my sidekick, Uncle Mosh. There used to be a third guy, too, but I kick him out. 
All right, appreciate you, Raider Nation. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Uh, as I mentioned, D the Sun is in there. Uh, Raiders7528, that's a new name to me. Appreciate you jumping into the chat tonight. Big Easy is in there. Tyrone Gray's Michelle Sweat. Uh, Lee B is in there. Sugar Shane, of course, is in there. And I appreciate all of you uh, joining us for this episode of Raiders Fan Radio. All right, let's get to the... Uh, Let's get to the Sea of Fans mailbag. This is where we get a chance to hear from you. So you can call us at 909-345-3346, and you can leave us a voicemail, or you can send us an email to show at RaidersFanRadio.com. There he is, fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. He's tied, he's thrown. It is. Got a couple more people jumping in the chat there. Dirty 30 is in there. Jesse Correa is in there. Appreciate you all, uh, of, of course, joining us for this episode of Raiders Fan Radio. All right, so we start off with the emails. Uh, don't have one from Paul tonight. Paul sent an epic. We only read one email last night on episode number 200 of Raiders Fan Radio and because it was Paul. So Paul got the, the, the lone email last night, so we'll get to the other ones tonight. Uh, let's start off with our buddy, uh, Made Man Grampy Raider. He says... Uh, Dear Murph, Uncle Mosh, and Swaggy Jeff, greetings. We would like to congratulate you on show number 201. Now you are striving to the next plateau. Thank you very much. Um, just like our beloved Raiders, each year, each podcast, greatness is reached for. Now with a bit of trepidation, I give you Granny Raiders wish list for the draft. Love it. At pick, <laughs> oh, whoa. At pick 17, we draft a quarterback. Car gets traded and Mariota starts. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Avoiding arguments, I believe this is plausible. Myself, I would prefer an offensive tackle or a linebacker. Uh, also, being Canadian, I'd like to point out uh, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, he's a Canadian running back who played for Oklahoma State. I've seen him mock to the Raiders in round seven. Uh, this year, the draft falls on my birthday. When I blow out the candles, I'll have two wishes. Live another year and Raiders in the Super Bowl. Thanks for 200 shows of Raider religion and all that you do for the nation. Sincerely, Third Maid Woman Granny Raider, Maid Man Grampy Raider, and the Only Maid Couple. You know what? Shame on me. Often, so often, I refer to Haley and Michelle as the Maid Women, and darn me, Granny. Yes, Maritime Granny is the Third Maid Woman. Thank you for pointing that out. And, and I don't mention that nearly enough, so appreciate that. Uh, P.S., because of COVID-19, Granny and I have been playing a bunch of Scrabble. Granny pulled this one off. The word of the week is swaggy. With a double on a G and triple word, swaggy is worth 42 points, and she won. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, thank you so much there, uh, a Grampy Raider, man. I appreciate your email. That was good. And, and, and congrat- tell uh, Maritime Granny, we said congratulations on using Swaggy uh, for, the, uh, for, for the score there and the win. All right, we appreciate that. Let's... Sorry, I had to make myself a note there. All right, um, next up, we got the, uh, the man of mystery here that's emerging in the fan camp. Hello, RFR family. I want to start off by saying thank you for giving us Raider content. I hope you guys had a great trip. After listening to your feedback on the RFR's tripping show, I decided to clarify a few things. I know I said I would deduct t- this. So this is Loki Raider, by the way, who's, who wants to, play, wants to play a game with us. He wants to see if we can guess who he is. 
Um, I would deduct $10 for every wrong answer, but that was never really my intention. You see, deception is my game, so I thought I would make you think I would, but I decided I would just leave that part out and donate the undisclosed amount that I have not disclosed or undisclosed by now. My clue last week was that I watched the same shows as Uncle Mosh. Now, I know this is a broad statement, since I can watch anything with a decent storyline. But here's another thing. Me and Mosh are connected. He teaches theater, and I once played King Duncan in high school. Now, I know some may not be aware of Macbeth, but one thing you should know is the events of the tragedy are usually associated with the execution of Henry Garnett for complicity or complicit, complicity in the gunpowder plot of 1605. Man, this is like way over my head. The gunpowder plot of 1605, but that is debatable. I tell you this, why? No reason at all. But here's my next clue. Simple Man by Leonard Skinner is my favorite song. I hope that helps. May the odds ever be in your favor. All right. <laughs> Loki Raider, man. All right. So I forget who our guesses were the first time around. I think I guessed it was the Menguses, and it wasn't the Mengus. So I'm going to guess Tom. I'm going to guess T3 Tom from the Only Nation podcast. That is my guess to who Loki Raider is. All right. Um, one more email to get to. Um, Aaron, a Q-Dog Raider is in the, the chat there, and he says, 30 seconds of Paul. Ma-. You know, I didn't play 30 seconds of Paul last night, even though Paul was the only email I read. So I'll tell you what, I got one more to read, and then we'll hit Paul anyways. Um, this is a fun one, though. Uh, Hi, guys. Congratulations on the double century. I can't believe I managed to fall asleep and I missed the celebration episode, but I slept right through wearing this. Hey, it's not just me that's old school. Respect to you, the made men and women, and all of us in the worldwide Raider Nation. Here's to the next 200. I can never pronounce this correct. It's Siante Math from Scotland's David Love. And he sent a picture, and check this out. There's Scotland's David Love. Look at he's repping the old school RFR shirt right there. The old Sonny and Murph Raiders fan radio shirt. We had those made for our very first ever tailgate uh, going back to 2016 uh, in Nashville, man, when the Raiders beat the Titans. So that's super cool, man. Super cool to hear from Scotland's David Love. (laughs) David Love is the guy. He literally represents his whole country. Like... (laughs) And I don't remember how that story came about, but at one point we were just like, all right, you're anything Scotland is you. Uh, but anyway, so appreciate Scotland's David Love. And we appreciate all of our amazing UK listeners, all the listeners abroad across the globe. Um, but our UK listeners are fantastic. Everybody that's in, that in Scotland and, and of course, uh, that, that represent uh, Silver and Black UK. Um, we talked a lot about those folks last night. Um, it's one of the most amazing booster clubs there is. Uh, have become great, great friends of ours. And of course, the UK is where a good friend of ours, how's that for a segue, Capo? That's where a good friend of ours, Paul from Shropshire, Mississippi, UK resides. So let's honor our friend Paul before we get into the voicemails. Paul! 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 Your name, Paul? Paul. Hello. Paul. Paul. I met him with Paul. Who? Paul. Paul. Yes, Paul. Paul's not here. Hey, Paul. Paul. Uh, hi. I'm Paul. All right, there we go. Celebrate our good friend Paul, who is, uh, this is pretty cool. So last time we were talking about Paul, um, we were like, yeah, he kind of needs a name, right? Because he's like the capo of the emailers, right? So capo's like, you know, capo's capo of, of made men and made women. We're going to hear from him in just a second. We were like, we might need to give Paul a title. 
So this is what I'm gonna. This is cool. So Big Easy in the chat last night said Paul should be the royal scribe. I kind of like that, man. I wrote it down from last night. I'm looking at my notes here. The royal scribe. I dig that. So Paul, let me know what you think about being the royal scribe. Like he's our official Sizzler scorekeeper. He's won awards. He's been won a bunch of Sizzlers. Like Paul's legit, man. Like he's he's some of the he's one of the made of the made men or made folks, I should say. Uh, so I like that that title, royal scribe, man. That's legit. So, uh, all right, so speaking of the, uh, the made men of the made men and the made women, um, every crew needs a captain. We call him the Capo. He is Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider, and he always kicks off this segment. Greetings, Don Murphy, Sigler, Moss, on the boss, Sonny, Sergeant Arms, the Sizzler, Big Raider Trucker, Mojo for when the universe speaks, Ramon the Mean King, Swag Jeff, Ron the Mater Raider, Nation. Today is April 22nd, 2021. Happy Earth Day, F the Chiefs. As a follow-up to yesterday's call where I made uh, uh, light, if not exposed, all the fake vitriol with the uh, Twitter post from the Raiders' official account prompted by Mark Davis where it put out, I can breathe for 2021. You know, according to a piece just penned by Paul Gutierrez, Felonis Floyd has issued a statement supporting the Raiders' tweet on behalf of our family, I would like to extend our deepest gratitude to the Las Vegas Raiders organization and its leadership for their support of our family and our nation's ongoing pursuit of justice and equality for all. Felonis Floyd went on to say, Now, more than ever, we must come together as one and continue in, our, in this fight. For the first time in almost a year, our family has taken a breath. And I know that it goes for so many across the nation and globe as well. Let's take a breath together in honor of my big brother who couldn't. Let's do it for George. You know, that pretty much says it all right there. Now, again, the Raiders stand on the right side of social justice and history, period. Now, the grocery list. I want to highlight some gems on the back end of the draft as opposed to what most others will focus on, the low-hanging fruit in rounds one and two. Let's start with Michael Carter running back UNC. Now, Carter had back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons at UNC and almost average eight yards a carry in his senior year. I mean, hey, he could be a nice change of pace back in the middle rounds of the draft. Khalil Herbert running back, Virginia Tech. Herbert transferred from Kansas to Virginia Tech before last season, and he was quite the fine finishing the season with 1,183 yards and eight touchdowns in 11 games, and he could be a day three find in the draft. Chuba Hubbard, running back, Oklahoma State. Hubbard rushed for over 2,000 yards in 2019, but unfortunately his draft stock has fallen after an injury and struggles last year. There are some concerns. Uh, maybe he was overused in his early uh, seasons with the Pokes, but, you know, he'll definitely be there if we need him. Trey Sermon, running back, and Ohio State University. Uh, Sermon, once again, just like Hubbard, transferred to and Ohio State University from Oklahoma last year, and he put up 965 yards from scrimmage in only eight games. He lacks the talent of the elite backs, but you know what? Uh, having looked at him in some of the uh, playoff you know, uh, contests, this guy is definitely a beast whenever uh, coached up and put in the right situations. Kyle Trask, quarterback, Florida. Trask has, you know, definite upside. I mean, for much of uh, last college football season, he was a Heisman uh, favorite at one point. Um, some poor performances and lack of athleticism could push him back down to the lower rounds where we might be able to snag him. But his elite production over the last two years is undeniable. Felipe Sparks, quarterback, Arkansas. 
you know, much maligned early in his career at Florida. Franks transferred to Arkansas and had an excellent 2020 season. He has major physical tools, and at six foot seven with a long, strong arm, I mean, a decent mobility, and uh, you know, he just needs to show a little bit more accuracy to be an NFL starter. Uh, sorry, Nate Peterman. Frank's learning behind DC4 and MM8 would be a really good deal for everybody concerned, especially at that position moving forward. Kellen Mond, quarterback, Texas A&M. Mond showed superstar ability for the Aggies putting up together uh, a highly productive career. I mean, accuracy, once again, is going to be a sticking point for this young man. But Mond's plus athleticism does fit the current NFL uh, game. And you know what? Uh, he could work definite wonders. All you got to do is look down to uh, the Cardinals to see what this guy potentially could bring to the table. Trey Smith, offensive lineman, Tennessee. Smith was a former elite recruit, but blood clots in his lungs disrupted his college career. He has a chance to be an excellent pro if he can get over the health concerns. Walker Little, Walker Little, I should say, offensive line, Stanford. Little may be a, a little bit under the radar, but you know that wasn't always the case. There was a time when he was considered a first-round selection and an early starter at left tackle. In April 2019, he was rated as the number two overall pick in a way-too-early 2020 mock draft. Little appeared in just one game in 2019 before suffering an ACL injury. He decided to forego his 2020 draft and return to college, then opted out for last season. Listed at 6'7 and 320 pounds, Little has the size to succeed as an NFL blocker with two years off. Peyton Turner, edge, Houston. At 6'6", 270 pounds, Turner is built to set the edge and attack the quarterback and stonewall ball carriers. He played a variety of positions for the Cougars and has a skill set needed to succeed at virtually any scheme the pros have for him. The best components of Turner's game are his length, physicality, power, and hard combating skills and motor. That's right, motor. Our defensive linemen have to have motor. He needs NFL coaching, of course, to clean up his release from stance, his pad level and processing skills, and definitely develop more of a rush variety. David Moore, offensive guard, Grambling. He's an effective combo blocker and has shown promise in regards to placement of his strikes. A nasty, determined lineman at 6'3", 320 pounds. He is nimble at uh, sealing off of fen- uh, defenders and more blocks with a mean streak that offensive line coaches will like and fall in love with for certain. Uh, Tamarion Terry, wide receiver, Florida State. A physically gifted wide out at 6'4", Terry was among the college leaders in yards in 2019 with 1,188 along with nine touchdowns. Unfortunately, he's coming off a poor junior season due to a knee injury that could push him down in the draft and into our reach. Seth Williams, wide receiver, Auburn. Um, you know, Williams is a physically gifted guy, but never put it on huge numbers for the Auburn offense and showing big play flashes in his freshman season could translate. I mean, he's raw as a receiver could be, but, you know, he'll likely fit at the bottom of the NFL roster. Amari Rogers, wide receiver, Clemson. Rogers was a productive uh, for most of his career at Clemson, but, you know, he didn't fully realize his potential until last year when he finished with 77 catches for 1,020 yards and seven touchdowns. His speed, playmaking ability should get the attention of virtually everybody at the end of the draft, but the elite wide receiver class pushes Rodgers down on the board. Dylan Moses, inside linebacker, Alabama. 
Moses returned from a major knee injury last season and had health concerns, uh, you know, health considerations that could have been a red flag. But obviously with his uh, three and a half sacks in 2018, Moses had 76 tackles and one sack in 12 games last year. Now let's focus on the competition committee. According to the proposed changes to the 2020 NFL rulebook, players need to start preparing this spring to limit their trash talk on field and to commemorate making uh, play, you know, big plays by high-fiving their teammates and limiting themselves to uh, gathering on the sidelines. Any taunting penalty results in a 15-yard loss following the play, and a defensive player committing such a crime uh, gives an automatic first down to the offense as well. Uh, a player flagged for taunting twice in one game could be ejected from the contest or fined or even suspended. The hit list, Hefe from KC, Arden Key, Jim Rome, Insurrectionist, and as per usual, Mike Dicka, Root. All right, there he is, Aaron, the Q-Dog Raider, man. Nice job, Aaron. Always dig the draft rundown. I love it, too, that, like, we didn't line up on a lot of players. Like, there's a lot of players that, that, that I picked out of my little rundown and, and uh, Aaron didn't have on his list. And so I love it, man. Uh, always uh, learn something new whenever Capo calls in. And so we appreciate him uh, holding it down for all the made men and the made women. And uh, always good to hear from, from Aaron. And I really appreciate his comments about the Raiders and social media. Uh, I didn't really comment much on that last night. And I don't want to uh, really build on anything because I think Aaron put it perfectly uh, in terms of the way that all that thing uh kind of played out so i thought uh aaron very um um accurately represented what uh what it was all about and uh and i'm continually thankful for him uh to do that and his willingness to uh you know sometimes breaching tough subjects is not um it's it, it's just tough like it's and you know we're not afraid to to, to talk about anything uh, around here but i also understand perspective and uh, and i also understand place and so i really appreciate aaron's willingness to uh to speak up on those on those things so um thankful to him um all right let's get into uh some of the funny here so uh i see some of the folks in the chat we're talking about um oh hey ron the materators in there what's up ron well, what's up, part-time? No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, we, we, but the chat was just talking about like how odd it was that Ron the Materator wasn't in the chat tonight because he's such a freaking, uh, you know what I mean, such a, a constant in there. And so it's been interesting, man, that, uh, that yeah, we haven't had Ron the Materator in there tonight, and I wouldn't expect him to because he was here for the entire marathon three hours last night. So, uh, But anyways, we appreciate uh, Ron uh, jumping into the chat tonight. Appreciate you. Appreciate everybody in the chat. Tider Raider, Lee B, Sugar Shane, uh, the Big Easy, Aaron Dog Raider, Michelle Sweat. Um, appreciate all of you uh, showing up in there. All right, now you got You can't use bad words because now Ron will get you. Um, all right, so, <laughs> so anyways, in the chat they were talking about also how uh, we missed Houston Raider Steve last night singing. Like, we talked to Houston Raider Steve. He called and left his, uh, or excuse me, he called and we, we talked to him live, but we didn't get a chance to hear him sing. Well, have no fear. We've got a voicemail from Steve, and I'm pretty sure he'll sing. Also, keep this in mind. We've got four uh, voicemails, and then we had the, uh, the three emails. And so out of those seven, we're going to award a sizzler. Uh, Uncle Mosh typically awards the sizzler, but when he's absent, it goes to Swag Jeff. When Jeff's not here, it goes to me. 
but I default to the chat room. So out of the, the seven uh, folks that we have featured tonight, please let me know who you think uh, wins the Sizzler. Starting off, of course, we had Grampy Raider, his email. Then we had Loki Raider's email. Then we had Scotland's David Love. Uh, and then uh, Capo, of course, is ineligible for Sizzlers. So now we've got starting off the calls with our good friend, Houston Raider Steve. Murph, Mosh, Flag, Jeff, Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. 200 milestones. Congratulations, Murph. My 200. Uh, going to the uh, Raider games and smelling hippie lettuce over 200 times. 200 times I've heard hot dog, hot dog, hot dog. <laughs> 200 times I've seen the image of Mike Florio and thinking, you blank, 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 blank. Uh, 200 milestones. Uh, Mahomes, Kermit, I've seen his image on TV and I'm singing, it's not easy being green. 200 times. Uh, I've heard, fix and go to Walmart. Another 200 times. I go to, uh, I've been to the uh, Flying Saucer uh, Bar downtown Houston. After 200 beers, I call it around the world. I've got two, uh, one plate for 200 beers at the downtown location, one plate over at the location in Sugarland, Texas. Other 200 milestones. 200 uh, donuts and coffees. I relate to that, Moss. 200 times I've heard F to the E to the R to the R. That's a tribute to our friend Q Dog. 200 times I've heard, oh, yeah, Macho Man Savage. This is Houston Raider Steve. Those are some of my 200 milestones. Goodbye. Oh, my gosh, no song. F to the E to the R to the R to the E to the L to the L. It ain't furl. Oh, my gosh, no song from Houston Raiders, Steve, but always a great call from Houston Raiders, Steve. I love it. 200 to all the things that he's heard or experienced 200 times, man. That was awesome. I appreciate you, uh, Houston Raiders, Steve. All right, uh, next up we've got, all right, this is this is a call, all right. This is gnarly. I'm sorry, is Kill Jadis still in the chat? Kill Jadis, man. He does, the, the of course, the, the Raider or Macho Raider Savage, and, man, he really brought it. On this one, we've got sound effects and everything. So, all right, here we go. This is our good buddy, Kill Jadis. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Kill Jadis, and I'm here at WrestleMania, where we are having the match with the Macho Man Raider Savage against the Google Voice. Raider Savage seemed to have had this match wrapped up as the Google Voice seemed powerless against the Macho Man Raider Savage, just like the Chiefs offense was during the Super Bowl. But then all of a sudden, when they hit three minutes into the match, Google Voice seems to have hulked out, and now it's the Macho Man that is up against the ropes. However, he is fighting back. But here we are. The Google Voice has a Macho Man in his clutches. He throws him into an Irish whip against the turnbuckle. Google Voice charges in for a close race, but he misses! Head bangs against the turnbuckle as the Macho Man dodges him. Earlier in this match, the Google Voice distracted the Macho Man, near Savage, with a slim gym, and it actually worked. It was like dangling 12 links of sausages in front of Andy Reid just completely mesmerized. It was embarrassing. The Macho Man has a Google voice up, and he throws him down with a scoop slam. Textbook, textbook technique. And now the Macho Man has a Google voice in the headlock, trying to submit the devourer calls and skulls. Turn back, you scumbag! The grip has, he has around the head is like suffocating the Google voice. It's almost like the defense that we had a long time ago. I hope within the, the draft and free agency we can get back to that thing. The Google Voice face is getting redder and redder. It's almost like the Chiefs fans, the face is in the Super Bowl. At least he scored a couple touchdowns when we went up against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Oh, but now the Google Voice throws a couple elbows into the midsection. They're standing up. They go off the road. And the Google Voice throws the Macho Man up. Oh, and he hit the ref! Oh, but the Macho Man 
Bounces off the rope. They turn with the schoolboy roll up. Ah! No, no. The ref is out. He's out cold. The muscle man gets off. Goes over the ref to wake him up. Get off, ref. Wait. Wait, Muscle Man, watch out! No! The Google Boys hit Muscle Man Raider Savage with a low blow from behind. Disgusting! Just like how the refs do it to us every single time they screw us over. The Google Boys goes off the ropes, and he hits the second leg drop. The Muscle Man can't kick out. Now. No, not like this! Wait. The ref is still out. Google Boys is now trying to wake him up. Wait, I see the second. Oh, no. It's Muscle Man Raider it's Muscle Man Raider Silver! Wait! And here comes Dusty Rose! Silver's distracting Google Voice! And Dusty Rose! Dusty Man just hit him with a chair! Get off! The Muscle Man Raider Savage is up on the rope! He drops the elbow! One! Two! Three! We got champion! We got champion again! Good job! Take us out for Holy Toledo! So, Kiljadis, who does an impression of Macho Man Savage, called Macho Man Savage in the ring fighting Google Voice. (laughs) And apparently was jumped by Macho Raider Silver, the other guy, uh, which is Tom, who does the Macho Raider Silver impression. So, I'm just trying to piece this all together in my head. Did I get that right? So Google Voice versus Raider Macho Savage gets jumped by Raider Macho Silver and the referee gets knocked out, but somehow Raider Macho makes it, I, I don't know. And now I'm lost again. I don't know. What, whatever it was, Kiljadis, that was really good, man. Keep him, keep him coming. And he didn't even do his impression. He just called his, like, that's like third person and that's like the fifth person. Is that what you're doing there? That was great, man. Good job, Kiljadis. I'm really confused. I, I feel like I just watched Inception for the first time. Like, I, I feel like I got to go back and listen to that voicemail four or five more times before I can actually put together what happened. Okay, good stuff there, man. I appreciate you. All right, let's get to the next one. Good friend of ours, uh, old school guy around here. Let's hear from our good buddy, Monster Mash Ken. Hey, yo, what's up, Murph? Uncle Mosh, Slack Jeff, and, of course, Lil Murph. This is Monster Mash Ken. I just got to call in and congratulate you guys on episode number 200. That is amazing. What an accomplishment. Every single episode is better than the last. Uh, I just think that what you guys have done for the community, the Raiders community, is, is just awesome. You know, you guys are true ambassadors for the Raider Nation. And uh, if you're not listening to the Raider Nation, uh, or, I'm sorry, to Raider Fan Radio, you got to be listening, Raider Nation. This is the best show out there. Uh, and I, and I say that with all sincerity, being a content producer myself. But, uh, anyway, uh, I, as far as the draft goes, uh, I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. Nobody ever knows what the Raiders are going to do. But I do know this. One thing for certain about the Raiders is nothing's for certain. Just like Sting says. Anyway, nice. God bless y'all. Take care. Raiders for life. Absolutely. God bless you, Monster Mash Can, man. Great stuff, man. Good to hear from you. 
Great to hear from our old buddy, Monster Mash Ken. Uh, Monster Mash Ken, of course, is, as I mentioned last night, um, a member of the East Coast Nation and Cover 3 Deep podcasts. And the guy that, well, the, first, the very first things that's ever been sent to the fan cave, all these wonderful things that folks sent us. And uh, Monster Mash Ken sent this, and this is Lil Murph. This is uh, my action figure. Look, he's got my, my name on the back there, right? That's... <laughs> <laughs> it's the the look at he even did a, he painted the shield look it's got an RFR it's got our old RFR logo on it and stuff so there's a little Murph there and uh, and that kicked off of course the uh, uh, this this little fella here this little Murph uh, his uh, active role in the show uh, providing um, endless amounts of commentary about what goes on around here and so let's let's check in with little Murph let's see what uh, what he's got to say. Uncle Mosh, I can't hear myself think. Keep it down, fool. Oh, my gosh. Taking a shot at Uncle Mosh there, Lil Murph is, man. Right, let's see what else he's got to say. I like John Gruden, but I love me some Chucky. Yeah, he does. Of course. Of course he would love Chucky, right? Dolls respect dolls. All right, what's what's the last thing you got to say about this? About uh, about us here at Raiders Fan Radio later, Lil Murph? You said this was a fan cave. It looks more like your spare room. Hey, man. Well, you know, we work with what we got. We work with what we got. All right. There's a thank you, Monster Mash Ken. Thank you for supplying Lil Murph. And uh, thank you to my son, Tristan, to su- for <laughs> supplying the voice of Lil Murph. All right. We got one more to get to, and then we are done for the day. Don't forget, remember, we're going to award a Sizzler Award. Let's check in with our good friend, Kevin the Raider Nerd. Raider fans radio. This is Kevin the Raider Nerd. Murph, Mosh, Swaggy J, I wanted to wish you guys a congratulations for reaching 200 episodes on RFR. Myself, I don't have a particular podcast that has yet to reach 200. I'm getting close. But of all of the podcasts I've recorded over my life, all the ones I've hosted, I know how much work it goes into this, setting up, doing research, pro- producing, and all that kind of stuff. And I want to say I'm very proud of you guys. You definitely deserve your accolades. You are doing Raider Nation, a wonderful service. So congratulations to you guys. I'm really, really excited. Now, as for the Raiders draft, I'd like to uh, chime in there. Come on. I would like the Raiders to, well, not get up this year. Oh, shoot. I would love it if uh, they would actually maybe listen (laughs) to the draft experts this year and just take the best (laughs) offensive lineman and or defensive player there is. I don't want any reaching. I don't want any medical projects. Wait, I've never heard Kevin swear before, and he just freaking F-bombed us right there. That was, hey, Ron, what, I, no, I guess there's nothing we could do about that one, huh? Oh, my gosh, that was funny. That was funny. Experiments. Uh, listen to some people, for example. We have not had the best draft over the years. We've had a few hits, but not enough for the amount of picks that we have had. The Raiders have eight draft picks this year. They have a first round, a second round, and two third rounds to start off. And half of these picks should be day one starters. Don't get cute. Just go ahead and take the best players that we need and hit our needs. Don't need to be a rocket scientist for that. We need difference makers this time. That's what's most important. We need people that know that can make that impact and be leaders. Please, please, please don't this up oh god God. and also i'd just like to mention too whatever you do raiders do not trade away your first round pick (laughs) for anything 
Why? Oh because Las God. Vegas. We got the potty mouth Raider nerd over here, man. What do you think he's a Mangus for crying out loud, man? I, I guess I should have proofread. I never, I never proof listened to Kevin's calls because he never curses and he did it twice. Oh my gosh, you're so funny, Kevin. Okay, here we go. This is hosting the draft next year. Do you want the team that we love and that we bleed silver and black for to be hosting the draft next year and not have a first-round pick? Yeah. Let's just think about that for a second. Anyway. Good call. Really excited for the season coming up. I hope and I think that we're going to have a better team. But Raiders, you need to hit on this draft. A lot of people's jobs are on the line. A lot of past draft picks, their jobs are on the line. And the microscope is very, very, very on the Raiders' leadership this year. Gruden, Mayock, you guys really got to hit this year. So anyway, this is Kevin the Raider Nerd. Really excited for you guys. Murph, Mosh, Swaggy J. Well done. Keep it up. Love you guys. Love Raider Nation. Talk to you guys soon. Oh, my gosh, Kevin. <laughs> From now on, it was it uh where somebody was saying it's yeah. Hey, this is Kevin the Raider effing mother effer. <laughs> yeah. This is Kevin the Raider effing Raider nerd. Oh my gosh, Kevin. That was funny, dude. <laughs> All right. So chat room, let me know, what do you guys got for the Sizzler? So we got we got Houston Raider Steve with his two hundreds of everything. We got Kill Jadis with that amazing wrestling match. We've got Monster Mash Ken, the original creator of of, of Lil Murph and his great takes. Uh, we've got Kevin the Raider nerd in his potty mouth. We've got Grampy Raider, who sent the incredible email. Uh, and then we've also got Loki Raider, who had a great email. And then, of course, Scotland's David Love, who's repping the uh, the oldest school shirt that we have. So let's see. Um, Kevin's getting votes in there. Uh, yeah, uh, Kevin, Kevin. Uh, there's a Kill Jadis. Uh, Kevin, Kill Jadis by a hair. Um, Big Bass Raider says, I was hoping for the trifecta. Uh, let's see. Give me, give me another couple, couple more votes in there. Cause it's pretty even. There we go. There's a kill Jadis and oh my gosh. Should we just give it to them both? Can we do that? Can I give it to them both? Cause that was, and I think it's so funny because Kevin <laughs> caught me off guard cause I heard kill Jadis stuff, but Kevin, man, just go Well, could you kill Jadis for keeping it clean? That's fair. That's true. And I don't want to encourage everybody to start swearing on here. Um, Kevin's F-bomb closed the sizzler gap. Kill Jadis. Yeah. East LAJ. What's up, Murph? He says, what's up, Murph? What's up, East LAJ? Uh, kill Jadis. Big Bass Raider says, kill Jadis. All right. Kevin, you lost in, a, in the squeaker. In the Oh, Michelle Sweats has got to be Kevin. It's, oh, man. Tide Raider says Tide. All right. Let's do this. They're both worthy, as Lee B said. They're both worthy. Let's give them both the sizzler, but let's not encourage the potty mouths to come out. Let's still keep it clean around here. But yes, congratulations to Kevin the Raider Nerd and Kill Jadus. You are the winners of this week's Sizzler Awards. I am the Sizzler. 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 We are Metallica, and we are here for your Oakland Raiders! You know why we are here, and we ain't playing around today! From the Walking Dead to errant Jedi Knights, Raiders fans are a rogues gallery. Ah, 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 ah.
ho, ho, Agalor, you're gone now. All right, we appreciate, man, everybody that's in the chat room tonight. Appreciate you jumping in, man. This is uh, this has been a lot of fun tonight, man. I've been I feel like this is a really chilled out room tonight, man. After last night, because we went like bonkers for three hours straight, and then now here we are, nice and chilled out for uh, for just a, a, a good hang, man. A uh, good time talking about some Raider football. Uh, the, the the chat room is is always amazing. Uh, thank you so much, everybody that checked in tonight. Uh, Michelle Sweat, Big Easy, Aaron the Q Dog Raider, Tider Raider. Uh, Tyrone Graves is in there. Uh, let's see. I'm going to see if I can scroll through some of these. Lee B is in there. Uh, let's see. I saw a bunch of other names come in. Uh, let's see. Where are we at? Oh, darn it. Let's see. Where? Oh, I scrolled too far. There we go. Big Bass Raider is in there. East LAJ is in there. Appreciate you all. Appreciate Sugar Shane. Appreciate Dirty 30. Uh, appreciate everyone that's jumped in the chat tonight. Loki Raider. Hey, there we go. Good to hear from you, Lori, uh, Loki Raider. Corey Fleck is in there. Uh, says, I missed the show. Man, yeah, you're just catching the tail end of it here. And uh, well, we'll be back next week, man. I'm going to do another show on um, – what day am I going to do it? I'm going to come back and do one on Wednesday. We'll do the normal night because the draft is on Thursday. So we'll kind of button up any of our last little like kind of thoughts and whatever about the draft. I don't know who's going to be here. I don't know if Mosh will be here, Swag will be here. I'll be here for sure. Um, anybody that's in the chat room tonight, uh, please come back. Feel free to join us for sure. Thank you again to everybody in the chat room. Thank you to everybody that participated tonight. Thank you to all of our emailers, all of our phone calls this week. Thank you for the monetary donations. Ty to Raider, thank you so much for your generosity. And D the Sun, man, that took us over that $400 mark over the past two nights. And uh, that money, 100%, is going to go to the Greater Youth Sports Association. So thank you all so very, very much for the way that you support Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, Please keep it up by hitting the thumbs up, hit the likes, hit the subscribes, throw us a review. Tell your Raider friends about us. If if you don't mind, share it on social media. Just kind of, you know, spread the word a little bit because the more awareness we have of our show, the more listeners we have, the more participants we have, the more ads we get, the more revenue we can generate, um, or just on views we can generate revenue nowadays. And uh, and all that money gets given away. So the more support we get, the more we give away. And so that's why we are so thankful to you. Thankful to everybody that was just maybe lurking around, not in the chat, like my boom Max. Appreciate her. Appreciate all of you. And, um, man, that's all I got. Go Raiders, man. This is such a like a fun time of year. Start getting a little excited because the draft's starting to kick in. Oh, one last thing. Shout out, Mojo. Going to do a draft spectacular. So we'll have information on that on Wednesday when I come back about what we're going to do on Mojo's uh, channel and when the universe speaks. But we're basically going to do a big marathon podcast like we did last time. All right, Raider Nation, that's all I got. Love you all so very much. Have a great night. Be safe. And uh, go Raiders, man. I gotta do the button myself. Just press the damn button. I'm trying! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of works, cordless power tools, and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.